in Perspective. This is episode 335, dated Friday, November 24th, 2023. I hope. You are listening to the In Perspective weekly podcast with Bob Branco and Peter O'Toole. Hello again, everybody, okay. and welcome once again to In Perspective. My name is Bob Branco. This is episode <laughs> 335, dated Friday, November 24th, 2023. I hope you all ate a lot of turkey, but not overindulged. Anyway, before we continue, let me say hi to our good friend and colleague and co-host, Peter Alchel. Peter, how was your Thanksgiving? Yes. The drumsticks are the best part of the turkey, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Here, the weather here is absolutely gorgeous. We are ready for the Oregon-Oregon State football game, but that's a different show. Exactly. We can talk about that on the Sports Roundtable, which is another venue. All right, before we continue with our topic, let me recognize some people who make it possible for sport for In Perspective to be aired. Let's start out with Raymond Gay, our producer. Thank you for what you do. We appreciate that. Also, Tom and Lynn from Rosie's Place chat line. Thank you for airing in perspective on Greeting Door 15 on that line. We appreciate that. Also, our media outlets. Thank you for doing what you do to air us. And Jacqueline Sylvia from JS Web Solutions. She archives our shows on my website. Just go to www.brancoevents.com. Arrow down until you get to In Perspective Podcasts. Click on them, and you will see most of our archives from latest to earliest. Merci, Jackie. And I have a couple of more acknowledgments I want to make. I want to say hi to a listener who recently responded to one of our previous shows, and that would be Reginald George. Hello, Reginald. And also I want to thank Trisha, or Trish, for being our host for today's show. Thank you for taking the time. We have a crisis in this country, and I call it a crisis because although a lot of the migrants that are coming in are trying to get away from situations, I understand that. I think everybody that's on the call understands what I mean. But I remember my grandparents and their grandparents and whomever's grandparents that came from overseas legally, they had a process to follow, and they did it. So it's a little bit tough right now to adjust to the new way of doing things. And we have a panel set up right now here on In Perspective today to talk about immigration policy in the United States. And before we get their statements, let me just introduce everybody that we have. Hello, Stephen Theberge. Hi. Elaine Lemieux. Hello. And we have back again for a third week in a row. On a different topic, immigrant from New York. Hello. We are expecting another panel member. I don't know if she arrived while we were doing our intros. Jessica Machado, are you with us? Apparently not. <laughs> Jessica, if you arrive, just feel free to announce yourself. Let's start out with Steve. Steve, you're familiar. You are always on the pulse in regards to news and current events and things like that on a local, state, and national level. Could you summarize your opinion on uh, what we're absolutely. doing with immigration? It's a lot different. I, I know, Bob, I agree with you. When we were younger, it was a lot different. Basically, I view this crisis as legal slavery. The farmers in California, people 
work the other way. They come in, they do their dirty work for a buck a day, whatever they're paying them now. They don't get health insurance. And I'm not even talking about farming out immigration. That's a big deal, and it's a big crisis. We're farming out things to foreign countries because it's like the Chinese are going to work for a dollar an hour. When these people wise up, and I, I, I don't mean, I didn't mean to sound that way, saying these people, and want the benefits we, and, and Americans want cheaper goods. So we're all complicit. You know, obviously some are more complicit than others, but I, I think it, it's a form of legal slavery because people look the other way. The farmers in California, that's the only thing I can think of right off the end. They're coming in and they're doing this work and it's technically illegal, but nothing's done about it because Americans want cheaper goods. And I don't blame them. I'm an American too. But this crisis, immigration crisis, it's like we have to draw a line between being humanitarian and being bastards. I hate to say that. You know, we're going to lock, we're going to lock up borders. A lot of countries are stricter about immigration and they have different policies, but this is, and, and the last point, cause I, I could go on all the whole, all night, but the last point is, I think a lot of us talk about immigration and most of us don't know people who are immigrants. I don't know. I can't speak for everyone here, but we, we hear it on the news and we talk about it as though there's some magic wand we're going to wave. All of a sudden it's got, well, Biden did, it's all Biden's fault. He's got to wave this magic wand and, and we're going to build a wall and we're going to build a ceiling and we're going to build, we're going to build, build the basement because they're going to come underground from the under. And I'm not trying to be facetious, but this is a very complex problem. And to me, my, my bottom line, it's, there's a lot of complicit big business, not all. It's, it's a form of legal slavery. It's like, well, they're going to work for a buck an hour and they don't have, to, and they're off the books. We think about it. But yet it's like if everyone got the benefits and the insurance and the overtime and double time and a half in the union, the prices are, yeah, I know prices are through the roof now, but it would be worse. So what, what are we, what are we bargaining for here? And are we going to be humanitarians? Are we going to be, well, we could say Christian. I mean, it depends how you look at it. Are we going to be, you know, basic human, human rights kind of thing? And I think I'll stop because I'll never stop if I don't. <laughs> Thank you, Steve, for your input. Much appreciated. Elaine, what are your thoughts on the immigration policy in this country? Oh, boy. You know, you know, I say like you, my grandparents came here legally. They learned the language. They had to get a sponsor. My grandfather had to have a job, support his family. They had to obey the law. That's not what's happening right now. You know, these people are coming in unvetted. We don't know who they are what their intentions are. You know, I have friends who are here who are immigrants who came legally and love this country and, you know, did things the right way. These people are cutting the line and they're getting, you know, all sorts of benefits that, you know, Americans are not getting. It's, you know, that they're pushing out veterans to live on the streets so that we can house these people and we are housing them on, you know, the taxpayers dime. And it, it's just, you know, it's a problem waiting to happen, you know, and on the other side, you want to talk about, you know, humanitarian, the people that are coming up, 
you know, you've, you've had people drowning in the river, trying to cross the river. You've got the women and the girls who are, you know, they put them on birth control because they are raped multiple times on the way here. That's not a good thing either. We don't want that. You know, I think we just need to follow the process and, you know, we can't just accept everyone. It's, right. you know, we had, look at the Boston bombers. They were supposedly refugees. Okay. All able-bodied. None of them worked, got everything for free and then turned around and, and, you know, bombed us. You know, we've got to vet these people and we, we just can't take everyone. It's just, we have to take care of our own first. Thank you, Elaine. Okay, uh, immigrant from New York. What are your thoughts? Now, I am the first generation immigrant. I'm a proud, naturalized United States citizen. I came here in 1994, legally, through the proper channels, and I have no patience with people who cross the Rio Grande in the middle of the night. I don't care where they're from, and a lot of people will say, oh, you're just against Mexicans. Just because they come from or through Mexico doesn't mean they're all Mexican. Doesn't mean they're all Latin Americans. They use a lot of people from all over the world use those channels and illegally come into this country. It's a strain on the economy. It's a strain social programs, it's a strain on all American citizens and legal residents who are the only people deserving of the benefits that this American citizens and legal residents. The illegals who come here, who are not supposed to be here, don't deserve any benefits, don't deserve any housing, don't deserve anything other than humane treatment in the process of deportation. Amen. Okay. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Peter, I'm going to turn the festivities over to you for comments as well. Uh, thank you, Bob. So I, I agree with a lot of what was said by everybody. I, I, I guess what I would add is that this immigration process has gotten wildly more dysfunctional and complicated than when immigrant came here in the, in the 90s. There are, there are fewer people, fewer judges than there were back then. There are fewer people on the border than there were back then. The whole process has gotten much more confusing since then. This is a problem that's always going to be complicated because other countries are going through some major problems and people are fleeing. There are such a thing as asylum seekers who come here legitimately for asylum seekers, and that's legal. But sometimes it's hard to, to distinguish the difference between the asylum seekers and those who just want to come here for whatever reason. The, the other thing I would say is uh, Steve is right. Uh, there, there are people, uh, uh, corporations in various sectors who are using these folks as if you want to use the term slave labor, you certainly can. But it's not just agriculture. It's, it's construction. It's restaurants. It's a whole bunch of other or, uh, organizations or manufacturing that are doing this kind of stuff. And my, my sort of frustration with the whole process is that there, everybody who I talked to about this issue and I, I, I was involved with this issue in, in 2005, everybody agreed that 
the, the, the whole process was a mess. And nobody, I think both sides or all sides are using this, instead of fixing the problem, are using it for their own political ends. And I, that's what I find the most frustrating about this whole thing. The problem is complicated enough without demagoguing the issue. And again, I, I blame both sides for this, and I'll stop here as well for the moment. Yeah. As far as asylum-seeking, we were refugees when we came here. We applied while still in our original home country. We were interviewed in American Embassy and granted, were granted refugee status when we got our documents. Absolutely. We came here. Yeah. An immigrant, what I will respond to you is you came here in 1994 when, right. when the, the process back then was reasonably sane back then. It's gotten much more complicated and much more dysfunctional since then. That doesn't, it doesn't excuse necessarily what, what's going on in certain circumstances, but it sure would be nice. It it sure would be nice if they, if they could, could make the process more sane. Uh, just, just to give you an example, there was a, our, our our church choral conductor came, uh, came came here from Brazil legally. He was here legally and spent like 10 years getting his appropriate visa to be able to work here. And, you know, there was a line that went on forever. It, it was very, very expensive. The church was trying to support him in, in getting what he needed done. And it, it never was successful. And it wasn't his fault. The, the problem from my perspective was it was a problem with, with the system. And it's really a shame that, that this, this is happening. So it, it's, it's one thing to say you know, the immigrants should follow the law. We're making it really, 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 really difficult to follow the law. And that's Could I, annoying. Yeah. My mother is French Canadian. She's not a citizen. She did everything legally. And I, I have felt guilty because my, well, for the first thing my dad told my mother was, you might want to learn English. And she did, but she's all legal. But you hear these stories and say, I'm going to get married so I can be an American citizen. But my mother's intentions were not like, you know, you don't think of French Canadian terrorists, right? But it was a different time, as Bob said. I, I agree. We we weren't thinking of that issue of, and then so she's a resident alien, and some of the grandchildren were like, "Whoa, that that's kind of a freaky term." But she she did everything under the law, and you know we can go into why she didn't become a citizen and have that discussion, but I'd rather not. But I I have often felt, you know, I hear these people saying. You know, going on about all oh, these people are coming in and getting married. It's like, you're talking about my mother. And, you know, my mother's a law abiding citizen. Well, not a citizen, but she's a legal resident green card, which aren't green anymore. And it's, it's a dichotomy there where now everyone's abusing the system. And this, this, I think the numbers, you know, I think when my mother came in in the early, well, when they got married in the fifties, sixties, there wasn't a flood. It, and, and, People probably was like, oh, Canada, we're not, you know, okay, that's cool. But now it's like people are coming from everywhere and it's like, how do we put the plug in there? Because it's just people are all over the place and close the border. Yeah. It, well, yeah, you're right. I, I wouldn't argue with that, but they're going to come in one way or another. And we, yeah, we definitely have to be strong. We have to be very strict about our immigration policies. I'm not going to 
would well, never you have act. a lock on your on your house door, someone can still break in and steal your stuff, but it's going to be harder for those I people agree. than if your door is widely open. Yeah, I agree. I, I, right. yeah. Now, I want yeah. to make a comment about the wall. I've been hearing so much hype about the wall ever since President Trump started it his works. <laughs> office back in 2016. The wall is not going to solve the problem. I don't know why people always talk about the wall solving the problem. People come into this country many creative ways. They don't all have to come in over the Mexican-United States right. border. I know the wall's going to be a deterrent to some extent, but it's not nowhere near going to solve the problem. It's going to solve some of the problem. Yeah, like some a bit of, of it. The they come in through Canada, too. I was, I was reading that. They come in by boat. They come in by tunnel. They come in any way they want to come out of desperation. East and West Coast too. I mean, it's it's a it's a big country. I mean, I'm not opposed to a wall, and I think as Peter was saying, there's a lot of politicizing about that. I'm not against it. It we we have to do something, but okay, we'll have a wall there. So they're going to come in on the California coast, and 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 I heard something in the news that people were coming in through Canada. So we're going to put a wall up there, too, I suppose. And I'm not opposed to that either, but... There, there is nothing wrong with the fence on the border. No, there isn't. No. Most countries have those. Exactly. I, 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 think, the, I think the wall is, is largely symbolic. I, 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 get, I get the point that if you put a lock on the door, it's much harder to break in. I, I get that. But I think it's largely symbolic. We, we this country more than other countries, was built on immigration, mostly legal. legal. Uh, mostly legal, right. but I, I will tell you that when I was in high school back in the back in the seventies, it was I was in a in a in a in a town that where there are lots of Italian Americans. And some of the folks were here legally, most of them were, some of them were not. And you know they 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 some of them knew English, some most of them knew English, some of them did not. And, you know, the, this, this idea that, that this is sort of a new thing, I think is wrong. It may be more pervasive. It may be larger numbers, but th- this is, this is not new, you know, Ill- illegal folks coming here illegally. And many of the folks who came illegally, I mean, there are families who had a sort of mixture of legal and illegal people. It was kind of messy, you know. Well, Peter, and- the only difference is that now, You've got governors like Maura Healy of Massachusetts who want <laughs> to open up all the hotel space and in hotel. Massachusetts to migrants, legal or otherwise. And what does that do for people who really need the hotel space? Mm-hmm. We lived here all of our why, lives. Why do lawbreakers get the break? Because That's we're a, a bunch of hypocrites in this country. We we yeah. talk about this as as though we're high and mighty America, and we go and. Overseas and hire people for a dollar an hour because we don't want to pay the medical because Americans want cheaper goods. And I could harp on it all night and I'm not going to, but we are hypocrites here. And I'm not saying it's an easy problem to solve. I, I'm all for putting walls and, and locks and all that, but we have to, we have to do something about the taxes and we have to do, but Americans don't want to pay more for what, and I understand groceries are expensive. I eat like everyone else in this country. I get it, but there's, there's a hypocrisy here. And we, we talk about how bad China is, but we farmers, our pharmaceuticals are made overseas. And then we have poisons, you know, 
contaminants in the pharmaceuticals because we're not overseeing it. And we wonder why we have a problem. It's like, hello. Outsourcing is a totally different issue altogether. Well, no, it it is and it isn't. It, 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 yeah, it's not exactly, but it's part of the same problem because we're, we're saying to the, we're saying it's a different issue in the sense, but we're treating foreigners, quote unquote, as, as though they're second class because we don't want to pay them. And because it's like, Oh, I'm going to go overseas and pay them a dollar. It's a different issue. But yet on the other hand, is it really because we're sending mixed messages here. And I know it's a different issue. We could have probably a whole show on that. But my view is that there's a lot of hypocrisy and we talk about, you know, how we're all law abiding, but we'll look the other way when it comes to, you know, you want to make the, you know, talk. A lot business. of people do look the other way. That's my point. But it doesn't mean it's right. No, I know. No, I'm not saying it's right. Believe me. <laughs> No, absolutely not. Right. I mean, that, yeah, that's the point. And I, I think... it, eventually it's those people's decision to cross the border into this country and look for the dollar an hour jobs. Because if they weren't there, those farmers wouldn't have anyone to, to hire for the dollar an hour job. Then why don't they enforce the laws they have already? Because that's illegal, isn't it? Or if I, that's I... illegal. Am I missing the boat there or, but people look the other way, like you said. So that's what I'm talking about. We have this hypocritical, this hypocritical thing here and say, well, I don't, yeah, it's above, above I my mean, we have I'm, people talking about giving those people a right to vote. No, I, no. I didn't have the right to vote until I became a citizen. Yeah, as it should be. No, I don't, that mm-hmm. we're going way over the top there. Yeah. You could probably do a couple hours on this. <laughs> I wanted to just ask if Jessica Machado has arrived <laughs> yet. If you have, just unmute yourself and speak your piece about this topic. You are on the panel. <laughs> so I, I want to uh, add a level of complexity to this issue. We, uh, uh, and I, I realize there's lots of weird stuff going on, but a lot of these folks who are coming into this country are coming really because of really tough circumstances in countries. Venezuela, you know, is the, is the place where people seem to be coming here a lot these days. Venezuela, for a lot of reasons, is a terrible place to be. It's a, it's a dictator government. It, you know, a lot of the, the, the economy is, is screwed up because they decided to go Marxist on us. And we talk about, and this is another example of hypocrisy. We talk about the, how bad how bad socialism is and how bad communism is right and we we allow and I can attest to that we we allow Cubans to come in here because of you know they come from a from a, a communist country and we're now allowing Venezuela to come here similar circumstance what's that about and yeah. I, I, still, I I still I still come down to the issue that the system is hopelessly broken it's solvable but it's going to re- require people to work across boundaries and get this stuff, get, get some kind of system in place where we can, you know, find something that works reasonably well for all of us. And right now it's not working for anybody. It just isn't. It's can not I, working can for I, folks. Can I tell you a story? Yeah. It'll be quick. I, I knew what I was at Rhode Island College graduation day and I, they were talking about the killing fields in Cambodia. 
and about this woman getting out of there and she comes to this country legally. She graduated top honors in computer science. She did it the right way. Coming from the killing field of Cambodia, I'm not saying everyone can do it, but you know, we, we, we talk about these circumstances which, yeah, they suck really bad. I get it, but everyone's finding excuses. Well, they're coming from, I, I, I wouldn't want to be in a situation where I was coming from the killing fields or anything else, but people do persevere. And I don't think we're going to legislate. We can't let, well, we can legislate, but we have to be tough on our policies. And we just have to say, Hey, look, you, I can't move to Canada just because my uncle is Canadian. You know, it, I'm, I'm not, I don't get a free pass and we have to be tougher on our, and we have to be consistent. And no, we don't, give hotels and we don't give them the right to vote because that's unconstitutional anyway. But, you know, you're always going to find magnificent examples of how somebody persevered. You know, I know that's an extreme, but we, we have to be consistent and say, look, we, we can't do this anymore. We, we can't afford it. We, we can't even take care of our own. So how, how do we, people are going to say what well, they're going to say. We're mean. The Americans are mean. Well, we can't be humanitarians to the freaking world. That's right. I'm and sorry, um, as far I'm... as as far as hard circumstances, first of all, economy is out of the equation because economic hardship, according to American law, is no ground for refuge. You're looking for refugee status. You have to prove that you have political persecution. You cannot tell the officer at the embassy that in your country. The, the store shelves are bare, so you, you're going to go hungry. This is not no reason for a refugee status, according to the law of the United States. And we knew that when we were coming for the refuge. And our shelves were bare, but it was no reason to seek refugee status. However, communist countries, Cuba, American law provides, of course, communist country will not allow its citizens to escape easily. So whenever people are in a free country, Cubans have the geographic advantage. They can swim to Florida, other countries. Whenever they get to the free world, they announce themselves. They may be considered illegal for a moment. The first thing they do is they go to the police station or whatever place they can go and tell the world they are looking for political asylum. And they have, since that moment, they are under the protection of the United States until their case is resolved and they either do or don't get political asylum. So they are legalized. The problem, immigrant, again, is I agree with you. You know, a a lot of people do it the right way. But even if you try to do it the right way, the last I heard is it's even to get a hearing, just a basic hearing to start the process can take as long as two or three years. You know, depending system, on the, the, depending the, on the, the status, right? The system, I know the, the system is broken, and, and until we are serious about fixing the system and getting the judges or getting what we need to get to speed up the the, the process, so we don't have this kind of craziness that's going on, we're, we're going to see more of the same. It just it, it the system is just broken, and what annoys me, and I've said this before, it's deliberate. You know, hypocrisy, as Steve, as Steve said, you know, if we're really serious about this, we got to come together across boundaries, political boundaries, and, and work 
work out something we can, we can all live with. Oh, yeah. yeah. Work out something we, we can all live with. But in my eyes, and most every country in the world is strict about immigration. Send them home. Mm-hmm. Send them That's back. That's right. Here. Deportations are in order. Nonsense. Um, don't, don't send them to a hotel in Massachusetts or New York. It's like you're going back home. <laughs> yes. That's going to cost money too, though. Because it's, but after a point, when we, if we really send them back, and we're going to be, oh, they're going to be all over that. Oh, Americans are inhumane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we build schools in other countries and we don't have schools here. I don't even want to get, that's another topic. I understand that, but we're hypocrites. We, we talk, we want to be the policemen for the world of police people, whatever you want to call them for the world. We want to moralize and, and say how great we are as a nation and we want to take care of everyone. Because we don't want to be cruel and we don't want to be inhuman. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, you don't want to like be cruel, but it's like, you're going home. I'm sorry. We, we don't have room. Lawbreakers go home. I mean, what else are you supposed to do? Well, you're inhumane. You're cruel. You're not Christian. You know, that's a big one. You're not Christians wouldn't do that. Well, I don't know. That's a whole other topic. Would Christian accept theft or murder? I think yes is yes and no is no. I, I know some Christians and they're saying your yes should be yes and your no should be no. I mean, that's a whole other issue, but I'm just saying that's used a lot as, as an argument. It's like, well, we're a Christian nation and we can't, we can't say no because Why? Jesus, oh, I don't know what Jesus would have done. Number one, he's not here. Number one. And Jesus did say no to people. It's Everyone like, speaks that, for that, Jesus. I don't want to go off topic, but I really, but it, that comes up. Because it's like, well, some people will say, well, we're a Christian nation. We can't, we have to, we have to be good Christians and feed them and water them and, um, and that's give what them citizens. Yeah. And it's, but by it's the way, uh, speak, speaking of Christians, I worked for the Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Service, which, and, and we, and, you know, we worked with lots of organizations who did precisely what we're talking about here to make it work. They provided sponsors, they provided families, they provided the supports they needed so that folks could learn the language. One of the things that Christians of all perspectives seem to do pretty well is what we're talking about now. And to, to, to the great credit, I, I, I by the way, I think, uh, Jewish folks do the same thing and Muslim folks do the same thing. I just happen to work for a Christian organization. So there's a lot of that stuff happening that we, we don't, we don't see and don't talk about. When I was in Columbia, Missouri, when the, when we had this, when we left Afghanistan, a lot of folks came here. The church that I belong to and I just, you know, other churches do the same thing, got involved in bringing in Afghans and get, getting them settled into Columbia, Missouri. Totally church sponsored. No, very little government involvement as I understand it. You know, there's a lot of that stuff going on that we don't hear about, and I wish we heard more of it, because a lot of the stuff is working fairly well. The problem, as I, as I see it, I mean, there are all kinds of problems with it, but it's, it's Steve put it really well. It's hypocrisy. We want we we want the slave labor or, or the or the less the minimal wage labor so we can pay less for our stuff, and we want it and we want to be tough on immigration. You can't do you can't do both well. You can do both unwell, but you can't do both well. It's just it it's just not doable. Can I throw um, another little thing in here? Sure. Go right ahead. English as an official language. I was Absolutely. A, in I was an intern at Cambridge Hospital and I'm sitting there they had over a half dozen languages because Somerville was the 
is like apparently a sanctuary city. And it's like, are you sanctuary kidding? Sanctuary city shouldn't exist. Yeah, well, I agree. And I'm sitting there. It's like going down the list. It's like, I don't see French Canadian. My mother would have been, my mother learned the language. And if she didn't know the language, she would <laughs> no have it. Russian either. Right. But it's like, I, I don't know why there's reasonable accommodation, but this isn't, we're not talking about disability, but I'm sitting there like, they had tagged, they had all these languages that you could call out in the hospital and you're not an immigrant and you're, and you're an illegal alien. Let's put, let's call it what it is and not call them undocumented. I mean, undocumented. I'm, so, I'm so sick of these politically correct tiptoeing around. I, I can go in, I can go in a garage, but I'm not a, it doesn't make me a truck. I mean, seriously, why are we tiptoeing around these names? They're calling? illegal. They're illegals. Yeah. Illegal aliens. What else are you going to call them? So do you know why, do you know why hospitals do that, Steve? Probably because it's humanitarian. I know there are. No, no, it's, no, it's, it's not humanitarian. I mean, maybe it is, but that's not. No, I don't know why. The issue issue has to do with health situations. Some of these folks, like all of us, have diseases that can, that can be transmitted to other people. And so, Part of the reason they do what they do is they want to be able to communicate in, in the language, in the language of choice so they can get treated so they won't pass on their diseases to, 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 the, to the rest of us. Businesses, hospitals, I can see, but the official government communication should be sent in English only. Yeah, but Ellis Island, they, they used to quarantine people in the old, I mean, there was a lot more people coming in. I know, and I can't draw that as a parallel, but we, like you said, vetted people. And so I get it. You don't want people spreading whatever they're spreading all over the country. But on the other hand, if we didn't let them in, it wouldn't be an issue. You know, pe- people were routinely quarantined when they came through Ellis Island. When they we spent- were coming here after the interview, one of the things that we did in the process was we were checked by a clinic that was operated in Russia, but it was operated by the American embassy because American law does not allow people with psychiatric disease, AIDS or tuberculosis to enter the country. So those were usually the the diseases we were checked for. And you get a clean bill of health before you can even consider coming into the country. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't have a problem with that either. My my problem is that when when people come to this country, they're going to get sick when they get here. Right. Legal, illegal. You know the language. You don't yeah. know the language. Whatever it is, you, people get sick, and, and so that I, I you know I, I couldn't see I, hospitals having translators. I could see businesses having departments that speak a certain language because they want to get to a certain demographic, a certain category of people. But yeah. government official, the applications. The government communication, the government offices, there should be an official language. Yeah. Okay. I do want to have our participants who called in to our show today comment on what we're discussing here today on In Perspective. You are listening to In Perspective. I'm Bob Branco, and we have Peter Alchil as our co-host, and we're talking about immigration policy with Stephen T. Burge, Elaine Lemieux, and Immigrant. So I'm going to ask Trish if there are any hands raised. Actually, there is. All right. We have 619-684. Go ahead. 
61968. Yes. Hi, I want to make my comments really brief. I'm right on the front lines of this situation in San Diego, California. And I, you know, I can see it from all different sides. Immigrants are, you know, they are often have a lot of talents and energy. My dad came through Ellis Island. My mom was American. My dad came through Ellis Island in 1920. And there was no welfare you know, safety net then, which was a bad thing. But currently, there, you know, if you couldn't have made it back then, in the days of Ellis Island, you would have just gone home. But today, as I understand it, you know, you can cross the border illegally. You may have a hearing. You may not. Then you can escape into the country, never come back for your hearing, and meanwhile, survive on welfare, you know. And that's not the best thing either. That's kind of a half-life. You know, you're subject to people who but who will perhaps prey on you and as people have said. Now, I agree with so much of what's said here, and I'm not going to, you know, go over it. What I will say is one thing that I think is never spoken about is just the, the problem with overpopulation of all these people coming in. In San Diego, we, are, we have a terrible housing uh, shortage. Now, you can say, oh, these people, they're really admirable. They band together, and there's 10 in one a house. But that's one house that's off the market. And so the excess population is causing terrible escalation in rents that a lot of people can't afford. And there was a key question asked here. This is a very big, messy problem. And some of the rules need to be changed. Some of the laws need to be enforced. But why is one of the reasons I think this is not being dis- this has been a wonderfully rational intellectual discussion. And we don't have these discussions in politics today. People have these little cliches like, oh, these are hardworking, noble people. It's a privilege to work hard. You know, we've built up this, America has built up a lot of institutions that make it a great place to live. But I'm just saying the politicians talk in these little cliches and, you know, no one sits down and rationally says, okay, we want, America's a wonderful, kind country, but we, we have to, enough is enough. But no one sits down and has a rational discussion. Meantime, I take Lyft, and my Lyft driver told me the other day, well, you know, it's very routine for me to pick up people who have broken their arms to the hospital because they went over the wall. And I had some, you know, so I mean, it's just a big, messy problem. If people could sit down and rationally discuss, okay, what, how can, what, what is, how can we set limits on this? Or what are some of the laws that need to be changed and whatnot? But the politicians, someone said this, they're very self-serving. And there are other self-serving groups. And some of the people who cover the, these, this problem, the media, and I used to be part of that, are very much insulated from the on-the-ground problems that everyday people have with the immigration situation, lack of resources, overcrowding, high housing costs. People at the New York Times are insulated from that. They don't see that problem. Anyway, you guys, this is a great discussion. I am very emotional about it, so I'm going to get off. I just wish we could have before, Before you get off, if you don't mind, I want to react to what you said. So I, th- I think you know you're you're right on everything you said. The the one thing I would I would comment on is one of the things that sort of annoys me is whenever there's a problem like you mentioned housing, it's immediately blamed on on on, on illegal immigrants. It, that may be a cause, but from my from what I'm hearing, it's not even a major cause. What's happening? No, I'm just saying. It's not even examined as maybe a t- one of the causes. Right, but, well, but overpopulation. I mean, yeah. 
Uh, and the other, the other issue, I, I, I can't speak for every part of the country, but the fact of the matter is, as I understand the, the details, we are by and large not growing population wise. You know, there, there are True. more people, more yeah. people are dying than giving birth. You know, one, one, one of the, or, or let me say it differently. I didn't say that very well. I think the last figure is something like 1.7 hit uh, child per woman when it needs to be two point something. You know, we're, sure. we're, 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 so to some degree, we need people. We yeah, need we people need to come in. I wonder in why and, that is, Peter. I wonder why that is. Uh, that's another conversation, Bob. Uh, but we boy. may need people, but we don't need lawbreakers. But could I speak to the no. population? Yes, go ahead. Sure. We, it, it's we, just, we I want to make one point about, right. about one, one point that was brought up before. This has been a, such a brilliant discussion. I've, okay. There is one issue that is very that needs to be addressed, but in a creative way. Yeah. For example, the, the the agricultural problem is a real problem. But in the years past, in the fifties, I've read you would have guest workers come over and then go back. And we need to be thinking more creatively about solutions. You know. And okay, that's that's all. That, that's the that, only point that, I wanted that, to that, that guest worker thing is. Or something, maybe that wasn't the best thing back in the 50s, but something that will address the very real shortage of agriculture. Even a guest worker is a legal status. Legal status. Steve, you wanted to say something. Go right ahead. Well, I can't speak for the whole country because, you know, but overpopulation, I don't have the numbers. The Gaza Strip is packed. India, the countries in the world that are, we, Generally, I think, and like you, someone was saying, and people at the New York Times, yeah, I don't like riding a crowded subway. I don't like buses that are overpacked. I don't like stores that are, but we have no, I think generally, I'm, like I said, I can't speak for the whole country. We really don't know what we're talking about when we talk about overpopulation. That's a normal yeah. in many countries. It's like they have multi people because they don't have that concept of, you know, like I said, I don't have the numbers on the Gaza Strip, and I'm not saying that's the whole answer to the problem, but <laughs> I, looked up, I looked up the population density. I was like, I'd go nuts to living over there. It's like, it's sure. unfathomable for most Americans because it's like, I have an apartment. It's their own doing. No, I understand that. That's a whole other show, too. But are like, we, are we, should we be allowed to have a sovereignty of our borders or not? Of course. Yes. Yeah. But, exactly. but, 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 but the problem with that question is it's, it, 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 it Promotes all or nothing feel, all or nothing thinking, right? Either sure. the border is totally under control or the border is totally right. not in control. Well, I, we, well, we do not have open borders. I'm sorry, we don't. We, oh they no, of be, course not. They may be more open now than they were when President Trump was in place. I'm not sure that's true either. But you know, but it is an open border. The, 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 the borders exist. are the borders are not open. They're not. How come it seems like they are? Well, I, they're not pretty open. porous, though. Well, so we're going to have 50 shades of grace like they're not closed either. So, I mean, you no, but we, the, the we can differ about semantics all night and I'm not trying to be mean, but they're not they may not be technically open, but people are coming in. It's an open so order. We can, we can yeah. call it we can call a spade a spade. It's like they're not they're certainly not closed. And and we're, we're probably more close to the open side than the closed side. You know, if you want to get into the shades of where we are. I think we're a lot more open than we are on the other end. And yeah, it's not a black and white world, but then again, sometimes it is. Sometimes it should be. You break the law. It's like you were speeding. You did 65 miles an hour. Well, if your wife wasn't having a baby, I, you know, it's like, I don't want to hear it. 
you know, maybe once in a blue moon, you might get a pass, but you know, sometimes we have to be, and I understand what you're saying, Peter, as far as like, you know, but there are, I think there are cases where we have to say, look, this is the law and this is what we're doing. Other countries do it. Um, and, and what I, what I would say is I think in many, uh, in many cases that we are doing precisely what you're, you're saying. I mean, you know, yes, there, there have been moments in the past couple of years when it's been crazy at the border. There's no question about it. And there's no question that it was unreported in the, in places like the New York Times. I, 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 I acknowledge that, but what I'm hearing is, you know, we, we go through cycles. Sometimes it's terrible and sometimes it's, it's, it's not. And I just wish that we, we, I think sometimes the shades are really important. And, you know, if you, uh, you know, are they here illegally? Yes. Speaking of that, I have a question to ask the panel. What do you all think about ch- children who were born here? You know, while their parent, the parents are legal, but the children were born here. There are some talk of the, those children being asked to leave or forced deportation. to leave. Deportation. So what are your, what are your thoughts about those children? Deportation. There's an example of where we have to have a rule. Like I said, my mother did it the right way, so I'm not, I, I can't, you know, why we, I, I feel bad for children, but the parents are the ones that made these choices because That's they right. can't, they, they can do, they can get free medical because we let them. And then we go around in the humanitarian line again. I'm not saying we're going to be cruel to children, but we have to set an example and say, look, we can't do this. We can't afford it. We can't take care of our own. We don't even honor our veterans. They're in the streets and they have psychological problems. We get homeless Americans that aren't even veterans. We've got a, we've got mental health issues in this country. We want to talk about gun control and why people are shooting each other left and right. We have got issues with our own people. And if that sounds cruel on, in the holiday season, I'm sorry, but we have to have some kind of compass. You know, you can have, we can talk about exemptions and exceptions and gray areas, but we have to have a general policy and says, look, you're not coming in. Like I said, I can't go to Canada just because I love my uncle. You know, I have to go through a process. We have unaccompanied children coming here from all over Central America. I don't understand. I had lived in a country that went through World War II where children and parents were starving. Mm -hmm. Parents yep. would skip meals so the children could eat. No yeah. one ever sold a child or sent it to another country or something like that. Well, uh, what, 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 what I would say, immigrant, is that I've heard parents interviewed who came here with their children knowing that they would be likely be forced to leave, but hoping that their children who were taken away from them would have a better life. They You don't start a better life with committing a crime. Well, that's exactly. But then you are socialism. We're going to say you are you are blaming the children for their parents. For I am blaming the parents for for the the problem that they created for their own children. But the children are being punished for it. They are not being punished. You don't have a choice. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. I, we do have two hands. I don't let, know if let, you guys want to go right ahead, Trish. What Thank do we have? Okay. Thanks for interrupting. Um, Thank you. Okay, first one is area code nine seven eight seven four seven. Go ahead. And that would be Karen. Karen, welcome. <laughs> welcome, Karen. Do you welcome have a comment on 
Oh, here I go. Um, he- yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Karen? Yes, I have several concerns about us accepting an over amount of people into this country. And I say that because there have been people, from what I understand, either we've lost our sovereignty or we've come pretty close to it. And there's two concerns I have, and one is a health concern. From what I understand, and I've asked people about this, I understand that people coming in aren't being tested for diseases mm-hmm. like covid and and other diseases, and some diseases, I understand, might be coming back to this country that weren't here. Cholera might be one of them. Tuberculosis. And yes. maybe uptick in COVID cases might be partly because of, you know, people coming in here and not being tested for health conditions, just coming into the country. And another concern I do have, and I think Steve is right, is that a lot of things aren't being made in this country like they used to be. A lot of things are being made in China or different places and are cheaper, but they're not as good quality. And we don't pay our workers that work in fields in California, things like that, and other, maybe even in stores. We don't pay them as much. And that's not right either. We should be putting Americans to work and not, you know. Illegals. Mm-hmm. illegals to work. I don't know what the answer is, but it's certainly not. We have to start taking care of our own citizens first. People are out in the streets. People aren't being, you know, veterans were thrown out in the streets and out of hotels in New York and I'll bet parts of Massachusetts. And we have to take care of our own people. And we, we cannot take care of everybody as much as we want to. We can't. We try to be as nice as we can to everybody. We shouldn't should even be, want to. But it's hard sometimes yeah. to, uh, you do, know. Do you people remember, we we quarantined the astronauts when they came back from the moon, but we're right. going to let millions and millions of people in with known diseases, and it's like, we don't care. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know how For the last put- couple of years in America, everyone was under mask mandate. Everyone was under quarantine. Stay home. Yeah. Whatever. And And we had to get vaccines. Border and they don't wear masks and they don't, they might, they might have COVID or other diseases. No one tells them anything. Right. And they are, and they're unvaccinated as well, you know, or remain that way. And that's another concern. They might be bringing in other diseases. Exactly. Karen, thank you very much. We do have another hand raised and we have only about five more minutes in the program. So, Trish, who do we have next? Thank you, by the way, for your participation. Well, she since then lowered her hand, but it was area code 505-638. Did you still want to speak? I believe it was Beth. Yes. Oh, I did. I didn't realize I lowered my hand. Hi, Beth. I, too, see it from the front lines. I live an hour from from the Mexican border. I live in New Mexico. And... They are coming in through Texas and things, and and there's a lot of them coming in. And Texas doesn't know what to do with them anymore. And I do think that uh, there are some people in my family that came here legally, uh, you know, in the 20s. And, and even my my kid's father was an asylum seeker. But 
what I don't like is the the illegals get mad because the people from here don't want them here. Mm. <laughs> they, and, they, uh, they, they can stay like mad. Hawaii. They can just as well get glad. There's no room. Yeah. No room. There's no room. There's and, no right. And our seniors are thrown here. Yeah. Our seniors are, are put out in the streets too, and yeah. they're giving these mm-hmm. low-income housing to the immigrants. And you tell I have to go to a nursing home because I'm a senior, so you can give the housing to an illegal. That's why they don't want them here. Yeah, that, that's illegal should not deserve any social programs. Legal no, residents. they don't. They shouldn't. Is one thing. They shouldn't. Yeah. Well, you've got all this federal money coming in now. I can only speak about Massachusetts because I hear a lot about Massachusetts because I listen to the news here. All of these billions of dollars or millions of dollars coming into Massachusetts to help pay for food, clothing, baby formula, all the things that these migrants need in these hotels, plus the hotel cost itself. There's only so much to go around. Why Why would those billions of dollars not be spent on in improving the conditions for American citizens and legal residents? Thank you. Why should lawbreakers take all true. that money and all the programs? Why do they need baby formula and not an American family? It's just people trying to be nice in their own way. That's what this is all about. But why should we? Yeah. Way they, they were not nice when they broke our law. No. Exactly. But, but, as, but as Steve, as Steve points that. out, we, Steve has said it several times and Steve is right. Steve, you're right about this. We are extremely hypocritical about this and it shows because of the dysfunction of our immigration system. If, 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 if we, if we want low cost project because we want folks from, from the agricultural sector and the manufacturing sector in the, in the service sector, in the hotel sector, a lot of these folks are coming here to do that kind of work for less money. We know this is happening. We're doing nothing about it. You know, then people are going to come. You know, if we really want to solve this problem, we got to get a system that we can all live with and make it work. But right now we have, we have no system and it's deliberate. And that's what really annoys me about this system. There's lots of, I also want to say one, there's more. lots of people with, um, with disabilities that, that would be willing to work in some of the agriculture and even the, uh, Manufacturing. Yeah. Gee, I can't imagine yeah. why, oh, yeah. people, why, why employers aren't hiring people disability. They're ignoring us though. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's call it, let's call discrimination what it is. You know, they wouldn't be employing those people if those people didn't come over the border to begin with. Yes, there is, there is, there is a lot of hypocrisy from the business side, but those people did come here. They, they made the first step to coming here than breaking the law. They broke the law. Now, can I address a point that was made before? We have one um, minute to go. Go right ahead. About the the children who are coming unaccompanied. I mean, do we realize that a lot of these children are being trafficked? And that's a big issue, and that's got to be solved. Oh, yes. (laughs) You know, people ignore that, and that's not good. These kids don't deserve this. But why are parents sending these kids in unaccompanied? Because they're desperate. And again, I don't have an answer. But Desperation I, you know, I, is not I, an excuse. Well, yes. We have is. one minute. In in the sense that parent, if, if if you're in really desperate circumstances, and many parents are, you know, then we 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 take risks. 
And one of the right. and, 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 and have America take care of all their children. It's for, instead of them doing it. I'm sorry, we are at the top of the hour. We're going we to have to wrap it up. I want to thank I want to thank everybody. Yeah, Elaine, Steve, immigrant, and also our participants and everybody else that was on the uh, call today. And I want to thank Trish for being our host. Peter, of course, thank you. This was a great discussion. We can't solve this problem overnight, but we should all work together to figure out how to do that. Next week, we're going to be talking about the crisis in the Middle East with Jalil Mortazavi. Somebody who was born and raised in Iran. That ought to be a very interesting program. Thank yeah. you, everybody. Thank you. And go safe with God's okay. abundant blessings. Have a great week.